July 2nd, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Start off John Coltrane doing Alabama. And then the Zeros beat your heart out. I was just speaking about a memory seeing the Zeros at the Whiskey. It was one of, the, one of those bop nights and a catty corner of the club was Licorice Pizza. And I, I remember getting the 7-inch. And, you know, I was from Arena Rock and shit. And that, that blew my mind that, that something like that could happen. It was bitch. But it uh, turned my life around. So, people, uh, big honor for me. Guess Robert Lopez. Boy, Robert. <laughs> 
Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Honor for me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Can you please bring your earliest musical memory? Earliest musical memory is buying a Dave Clark 545 at the Glens Market in Chula Vista. It was a rotating carousel of little 45s. I got glad all over a little 45. Um, I couldn't have been, I can't remember how old I was, but that's my first this is music for me. Right. And uh, that's that's the first record you bought with your own money? Yes. I, I, I was less than 10. I might have been eight. And uh, what about uh, the pad you grew up in? Did, was there musical instruments? My, there was a guitar my dad played. We had very varied music. Uh, Mexican Vicente Fernandez, Edith oh, yeah. Gourmet. Uh, my dad had Iron Butterfly, <laughs> we had some Rolling Stones, my mom had Carly Simon, Dory Previn, Carol King, uh, a very varied array of music. I think my big sister, Rhoda Lopez, uh, was the biggest influence because she introduced me to more British rock and uh, by 12 I knew of glam bands and all that good stuff which led to the road of punk did you jump on that guitar your pops i did i remember playing a song of there was a commercial for raisin bran we took the grapes from under the sun turned them to raisins one by one i think that was the first <laughs> song i learned which was a little boom dum, 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 a little waltz a little, little waltz. guitar bit but it was from a commercial on TV. What, did your pop show you anything on guitar, or did you get um, teachers? Very, very vaguely. I mean, I maybe learned an E and an A. I later went to a record, uh, uh, not a record, a guitar store called Bonavero's Music, which is still there, I think, on a Harper's Music on, uh, on Chula Vista on our main street, where I got a little guitar lesson, which was went a couple times, and that gave me the little roots that's all you need to learn to do punk rock. Right. Well, can I ask you about school? Were you in the choir, the marching band, shit like that? I was in elementary school. I took violin, and I wasn't very good, and I had a, a stingray bicycle with a purple glitter banana seat and a big tall sissy bar, but in front I had this extra wide basket that fit my violin and I would tie it in with bungee cords. So I took that, and I was in the choir, and my sister had been in the choir, and I think we did, like, Christmas and things. It was a funny thing. Uh, it didn't teach me to sing, but it was mostly a social uh, thing. I remember that. Yeah. I just asked that because some schools don't even have music things. So yeah, no, I no, I was lucky. I mean, at one point I thought, oh, and I don't know why I wanted to do French horn, but French horn was too expensive to rent. I think my violin was rented. Um, but yeah, my parents. I think I'm the only one who took musical lesson, but it, nothing from that period, and that was elementary school. I think got applied to later life, <laughs> but I. It was good to you know, do it at the time. You know, there's a rock and roll uh, French horn solo. In which song? Pictures of Lily, John Elton. Ah, there you go, yes. 
shit. No, and I'm sure I heard it in Beatles stuff. Later. Oh, yeah, yeah, they used it too. But actually, the bass player played it in that. I, I heard they were hard to play because a little mouthpiece. Yeah, no, I never got close. And I don't know what uh, attracted me to that, but I remember saying, I would like the French horn. What was the first gig you saw? First gig I saw, I was lucky, and I would have been 14 in San Diego, and I saw Led Zeppelin at the San Diego Sports Arena at 14. Whoa. And that was... I was pretty impressed with that. And, uh, but then my second show that same year, 1974, was the New York Dolls oh, at a place called JJ's in, on PCH. And it was all ages. It was St. Patrick's Day in San Diego. And we got to see the first show because there was two shows that day. And my parents dropped us off and then picked us up. And it was like we were right in front and it was so exciting and and we wanted to see the second show but we were only i was only 14 <laughs> yeah yeah and now those, lucky to see that at 14 yeah absolutely the fr first gig i saw was a long beach auditorium with d boom we saw t-rex oh that would have been good no i i never got to see t-rex my sister did and he played in good periods of that but no i would have loved to see that yeah now what, what about after school not like graduating but uh in the afternoon did you do the garage band the basement band the bedroom band uh the zeros was the first uh musical foray uh was not a popular kid a loner and uh my cousin baba the drummer sure. went to a different school so we didn't start doing band stuff until the zeros uh it was zeros uh, a friend named ray and javier ray was playing drums and then we would practice in javier's bedroom um and then later when ray left we enlisted Baba and then Baba enlisted Hector and so that's how that started but yeah the Zeros we our first band was called the Main Street Brats and garage practice Javier's bedroom and I think we, we had a gig in Rosarita uh, which is south of Tijuana sure sure I've been to that beach someone's quinceanera Okay. I remember playing Waiting for the Man and a couple of uh, our own tunes and we had an odd bass player who wasn't he didn't end up in the zeros, but he was a music guy around our age in high school. And he wanted to play, let's play Robin Trower song. And we Robin Trower song because we've gotten applause and go, we got to play another song. Let's play something, the Eagle. And I go, no, I'm not going to play that. So oh, I yeah, just, I remember that. So, yeah. He, Day of the Eagle or something like that. Yeah, Day of the Eagle, yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> Heavy Hendrix kind of a vibe yeah, from him. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, but I think the bass players sang. Main Street Brats, whose idea was it? Uh, that was mainly Javier. Okay. Javier, we both were influenced by New York Dolls, New York Scene. Uh, we loved Rock Scene Magazine, The Velvet Underground, Lou Reed. So that vibe really appealed to us the modern lovers that stuff uh and so we were just suburban kids but main street brats of street fights a different version of you know sharks and jets <laughs> uh toughs you know as seen by 14 year old 15 year old kids you know alice cooper they, used to when i saw like, alice, cooper, alice cooper schools out that kind of yeah when i saw alice yeah, cooper you know, they reenacted that little west side story scene and uh he stabbed somebody in the uh 
electrocuted them or something or hung them. It depended on which tour it was, but yes, they would have right. some kind of like, yeah, Jets versus. Uh, look, I want to play uh, Lordy Miss Loopy. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, Lordy, 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 Miss Lupe, well, you should look good to me. What you're doing in the desert now? I don't believe what I see You got roses Growing from stone, yeah And you say you got a message for me You want to build a little church here
Life is all he said After that it all worked out And everything was fine At family gatherings That story always gets a laugh But knowing what I know now It's a lot less funny But I've laughed so hard It's took my breath away Oh, let me fly away Let's run Run to a better place I want to
of the night has dipped up to my hair. What we did is fading in the light of the day. What we say is bullshit. We live in the modern way. I would lay for hours Adding up all my sins And inventing the one I'm proud of my life And I stand by my doom I can't tell right from wrong And it's never stopped me All the prophets have died The books have been written Salvation in a jar show that chunk of music had uh, started off with Lordy Miss Loopy Helvaz and then Victoria Shen with 128 RPM 2 inch record yeah she makes her own record she, she, she puts stylet glues them to her fingernails and ah. like like four or five of them you know it's a trip and then Harold 4 out of Tokyo brand new Life Force and Green guided by voice Bob Pollard of course every other month it's got to be a new song and Gebedine with Falafel Ponzi pieces, Ponzi octet. I'm part of that. Yeah. Improvise. I pretend they were in the room, right? Kind of improvising, trade files. Uh, Shiverboard after that, who made the perfect day? And finally, Catholic Discipline, Underground Babylon. I got to see them kick boy, right? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so Javier came up with the idea, but you guys already already had, kind of like us. You know, I try to tell people about those days, and the U.S. glam and glitter wasn't that big. Yeah, no, well... 
you there was a TV show on the real Don Steele show. Oh, yeah. It was like a dance show. 93 Case J. Yeah, no. That we got that in San Diego and to us that was so far away but so close of it's just like there's a world outside of high school where people rock out and we saw bands the New York Dolls were on there. Yeah, so yeah. It, there were so many different acts that appealed to us. I think it was us. filmed at Gazzari's. I, I, perhaps, I'm not sure, because it looked like a TV studio, but yeah. maybe they but think, I'm not sure. They had things, I remember they'd have the little dance line. They had, yeah, the dance line. <laughs> and I it, think no. they'd always play devil with the blue dress the on. The blue dress on, yeah, the Mitch Ryder, Detroit <laughs> Wheels version. <laughs> that to and us Barbie was, Benton, I remember she'd yeah. be on oh, the yeah. outside. Yeah, so many stuff, and if you knew rock culture, yeah. and glam culture, and radio, and it just and then Bowie would every once in a while give a you know a new single or a new video that came out and I mean that was before videos I mean there was clips of I remember seeing a clip of Life on Mars there for the yeah. first time yeah. so to me and that I mean Rodney would could be there and stuff like that it was the whole romance of that is what's happening two and a half hours away from where I live and so we always knew there was. We weren't. We were very unpopular in school and had no friends. And we knew that high school was just the waiting period before a life <laughs> of something else could could begin. Yeah. Did you guys know about the Dills? We knew the Dills when they lived like an hour away, and we didn't Carlsbad. have cars. They lived in Carlsbad, and so we had met them at in Los Angeles at some event. Maybe it was a record swap meet that was at Capitol Records yeah. or some My, show. Right. We didn't know them until after our first show at the Orpheum. And it was far enough away that we couldn't be let's hang out friends. But whenever we were going to L.A., we would maybe pick them up on the way up and, you know, we were going to do this or that or see a show. And so we got to be friends that way. But it, it was too far away to be let's go do this or do that or ride bikes it was we didn't have kids we whenever we went to la we had to borrow one of javier's sister's cars or maybe baba's father would drive us to a show it was very <laughs> that mercy of other wheels can you remember the first mean street brats kid uh the first main street brats kid was the rosarito well no maybe we played in front of there was a high we put javier lived across the street from chula vista high school across the street and down the block. And we had done a show in his driveway, and it was like a half day of school, something like that. So we thought, oh, people will come and watch us play. So that would have been our first show, I guess. Not very many people came, but it was an experience to play in the driveway across the street from school. And, <laughs> and what same, about... Against same songs against school and but Rosarita was our first driver one of these sisters drove us there and that was you know a gig and I don't think people got us and were expecting something else but it was a good experience and we got clapped enough that they wanted an encore so whoa uh, how long how long were you called that before you changed name to zeros um I, I suspect we only did two or three shows um so in 76 when we played at the Orpheum, we became the Zeros. I can't remember. I think maybe because there was a band called the Berlin Brats. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, uh, what was his name? Rick, Rick Wilder yeah. and all of that. So I think we thought Brats was too close to them and they were already ah, kind he, of... He turned into Mau Mau's, right? Yeah, the Mau Mau's, right, yes. Right, right. 
And so we thought that was too close, perhaps, so we changed it to the zeros. I think that, that might have been the impetus. And, and what about the songwriting? What song? The song Main Street Rap? Uh, no, the songwriting for the. Uh, it was zeros. mostly hot air. It was, I mean, I wrote it maybe a, a small handful. But it was mostly Javier. Um, yeah, I didn't become more involved in things until Elvez. It, I liked being in the Zeros, but I only wrote a handful of songs. Catholic Discipline. I was in a band called Johnny Sabone Hits. I was more of a backseat player rather than let me be making decisions and moves. I mean, I was still young. I mean, I think I was sitting back and observing things, but in that period, I was more along for the ride, so I wasn't as proactive, I would say. Because I remember, Javier, I remember Zeros being four piece and then turning into a trio, and like even the clothes changed. Yeah, I mean, I think we they became more stylized. That would have been in '78, so uh, they kind of uh, broke up. Hector had already left because Hector was playing with so many different bands, which is really good. I always admire him for that because he was playing with F Word. He was playing with Black Randy. Right. He was doing so many different projects because he was a good bass player. And I think that really made him prolific in ch his chops. It was like being a session, a punk version of being a session guy. <laughs> he was just hopping from band to band in so many different styles. It really got his chops down playing around so much. Javier didn't like that he was doing that, so Hector left and moved to Los Angeles. My brother Guy filled in for a tiny bit, and uh, then we Javier broke up the band, but then, and I was, okay. And I said, well, then I'm, I have nothing here. I'm going to move to Los Angeles. So I just graduated early, and I moved to hollywood that year and moved into the canterbury and then the zeros got hector back and then all three of them moved to san francisco, san francisco right right and, yeah. and, and and the canterbury was that to connect with the catholic discipline i already knew claude and craig lee um the catholic i was in I guess, it, yeah, that was the first part, because when I moved to Canterbury, there was a guy named Richard who was playing keyboards, but he had a nervous breakdown. And so uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been Claude or Craig who said, well, how about you? And I didn't play keyboards, but I, the neat thing about Catholic Discipline, it was like Frank was on it. Frank was, I think, their most proficient at her guitar because she was playing guitar. But Craig Lee hadn't played drums, and he was playing drums, sure. and I hadn't played keyboards. And it was, and Claude hadn't been a lead singer before, so it was nice, very forgiving of, well, let's just do what we do. And Craig Lee's uh, suggestions were something more scary, something more scary or more haunted. And I mean, that was, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but there it goes. It was a really nice... That was a righteous thing about the movement. You had people doing shit like that. Yeah, no, it was really free to mess around. Or I think we were, I think I learned, I would say from punk rock is not to be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. 
And even if they're on stage, it was it gave me the freedom. And then I applied that so much later with Elvez. Uh, mistakes is how you learn, and only way to learn is trying it. So then be fearful of trying. You know, make those mistakes, but make them big. Can you imagine learning how to do a skateboard without ever falling down? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, how the fuck? That kind of impossible. I, I saw Catholic discipline uh, some Hong Kong cafe gigs. Yeah, really good. You could tell that Kickboy was into Marky Smith, but he had his own way of doing it. Yes, and we got to play with Marky Smith once. There was a club, I think it was the Anti Club on Melrose, right, and Helen. played with this fall, and they were really good. And they borrowed my keyboard, but they dropped it, and they were really scared because they don't know Latinos in <laughs> London. <laughs> so they thought I was a cholo because I was Mexican. They thought. I was going to beat them up, but I'm a very mild-mannered guy, but I like the idea. They go, oh, no, now he's going to beat us up because we dropped this. Oh, man, that's good. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, July 2, 2022. Dishwap Pito Show special guest, Robert Lopez. Hang time for hour two. July 2, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Fletcher from Bristol. Jean-Michel Bédina. Bonjour, paysan.
running so hot And so cold So cold Nothing is victimless And there's no shame Making all the stars 
Thank <laughs> you.
Watt for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. El Vez doing Mexican Radio. Ben Salter from Tasmania with concupiscence. What the fuck that means? <laughs> Kiwi Jr. after that. Non-vision. Organs out of Ireland with Threaden. Luke Aaron with clandestine weaving. And Andrew Scott Young Trio with slightly altered live at State Slate Arts. So, uh, yeah, great drummer man uh, that we lost. Joe Nanini, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Beautiful man. Yeah, the nicest spikiest hair. Right, yeah, yeah, absolute. That was a trippy band. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the, the brothers from the Skulls. Yes. Yeah, uh, we lost one of them. Bruce and Mark, yeah. That's right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's say, how long How long did the Catholic discipline, not, not that long, he, uh, he ends up going to England, right? King, King yeah, uh, well, he ended up, uh, in Spain, right, 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 to but, Barcelona, and I got to see them. The Zeros were in tour in Spain in the late nineties, and we brought him up. And he sang something. I think we sang the seeds pushing too hard with him. Yeah, him and Philomena. Yeah. Um, and it was funny. He was teaching because Claude had the heaviest accent, French accent, right. but he ended up teaching Japanese businessmen in Barcelona, English, <laughs> he was using Elvis songs as his gateway to, well, you know, Elvis songs. And yes. it was it's a funny coincidence. Claude was a great guy, really funny. Yeah. Really. You know, I, I this is guy from the harbor, you know, and, but he always made time. He always rapped with me. Uh, that's the thing about those days was the scene was kind of loose that way, man. People weren't so, I, I know there were some beefs and shit and, cliques like always but compared to arena rock man it was just so dare all these trippy people they're very interesting i, I really do so uh how long does it, it only lasts a little bit and then he ends up going to europe and uh yeah. I, I, I remember the rough trade so the catholic discipline ends and you're in another band after that i was in a band at the same time as catholic discipline called the johnnies we okay. were kind of poppy cabaret it was uh they were a bunch of kids from Beverly Hills. Uh, Carl Reiner's son was one of them. Bobby Darren's son was one of them. Uh, the director of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory's son was one of them. It was a really funny thing. And we played. I remember we played at Flippers. We played at Chino's Men's Prison up there. We had a gig up there. <laughs> what was the, was the connect? How'd you get involved with these cats? I think it was probably from the Screamers. We ah, met okay. at a party, but they we were all the same age. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I just clicked on to them. And it was like, well, you graduated. You, you went to Beverly Hills High School like us. It was just like, I hadn't, but it was like, <laughs> we get, gabba gabba, we accept you. And it just, and they're still friends now. So it was a nice oh, connection and an odd introduction to that other side of Los Angeles, which back then it was, I enjoyed that you could be poor living at the Canterbury and the sure. next time you're at a party someplace else. And it was like Manhattan and the idea of, oh, you're going uptown or downtown. It was like, cause there's a big divide in Los Angeles of the haves and the haves not. Oh yeah. And it was like a funny thing of seeing multiple worlds in Los Angeles, which is good because it applies you for art ideas, song ideas and Makes that's where you make your connections of later life. Oh, you like music, and music gets into movies or things like that. It's just it was a good connection to people that I still know now, 
and friends and artists. And, big, big inspiration to me to, to plenty. Uh, yeah, no, he, oh to God. me, is the biggest influence in personality and showmanship. The Screamers were a great band, and I was friends with all, because it was Gorilla Rose, Tommy Gear, KK, right. Chloe. They had all these other people who were doing other things or, you know, ads for them or lights and all that stuff. And to me... They were my biggest influence of what a show could be, as opposed to, to me, the zeros like we were tuning car guitars between songs, and you know nothing was said between songs, and it was just like this is where I learned from the screamers that this is a show. Yeah, you got to work the room. This forty minutes or whatever it is needs to be continuously entertaining, even if something goes wrong. This is what a front man does, and Tomato was so great on that. Yeah, you're beautiful. Okay, here, let's play some more music. all day watching videos of blokes hitting each other on the internet he likes it so he presses a button on his phone it's a little heart it's acknowledgement it makes him feel good and that's fine so it should he's my mate that's great he changes the picture in his profile every now and then queen's birthday come on england no fuss no problem he acknowledges applause for politicians on doorsteps for kicking other people off other people's doorsteps and i wince he applauds he read raw applauds he says we are the empire and God will save us all in the Empire! Rubbernecking wreckage by the roadside Beats and swearing Silence the sirens Get a fucking move on Things to fucking do Got my work to get to So fuck you And fuck them too And you're working out who done what Then they scrape up And the traffic flows The feeling goes Weeks later There's roadside flowers And your gut takes a hit Until a fucking little shit Cuts you up at the roundabout Makes you let the work by a little bit And you shout And you shout And I shout I shout! I shout! Because it's all I've got left. I shout! Because I'm tired of this shit. This lack of compassion. Governmental hypocrite. Their actions need a reaction. And for me, this is it. In the Empire! Empire! Yeah! 
Jack Carrots, flagpoles in the sand, rewritten history, industrial wastelands. The books back open so no one cares as the camera pans to billionaires. High fiving in the crowd, loud and proud. The streets are decorated like the fucking day, but my good kids are too scared to go out and play. And I stand back and watch everyone else fight. Just remember my former imperial might. God save the fucking queen and hold my pint in the empire. Did it go wrong? So blame the young, blame the old, blame foreigners, equality, decency, labour, blame Tories, blame monarchy, blame history, but not just start by saying you're sorry for every fucking thing you've got in the empire!
success, destruction. fragile Venus, and I saw you dead with the terrible fang of some wild beast, flung into the abyss with the tail of serpent.
Aunque nunca fui a España Y he oído de Colón Ese hombre está loco Piensa que nos descubrió ¿Quién descubrió a quién? Los libros dicen Pero ellos mienten aunque nunca fui a Tica, si conozco Chichen Itza, la cultura de los mayas, anterior a la
Off from Pedro Show, that Chuck Music Star with the Bis X doing, maybe it's 10, huh? Roman numeral. Un, it's untitled. <laughs> Benefits out of England with Empire. XV, Limitations. Noisuka, brand new. First Street First. Sound of Ceres, The Tower. Aneo, Balalu with Dreams Less Sweet. And finally, Elvez, Moir de Magla Negra. Black magical. <coughs> what? De- destroying your language. I'm sorry. I know, be San Pedro, too. Actually, I'm from Virginia. I came here when I was nine. My papa oh, was a sailor. Yeah, yeah. sailor. He's Marinaro in the Navy, huh? Uh, uh, machinist mate. Let, let's talk about Elvez. When did you first get the idea? I used to run La Luz de Jesus in on Melrose, part yeah, of the, the soap plant, Waco, mm, Melrose in its heyday. Um, I curated Henry, a Henry and Joseph in Vado Fetish. Yeah, no, all that great period and stuff like that. Um, I curated the La Luz was an art gallery, and we had great stuff like Robert Williams and Piz and Coop way back in the mid '80s. So that was a different time. But I had curated a show all on the theme of Elvis, and I had folk artists like Reverend Howard Finster and John Bach, and it was just an art-themed show on Elvis Presley. And we were screening a couple independent films on Elvis daily and played music all day long. It was a full immersion into Elvis stuff, and really hardcore fans of Elvis would literally come and hang out all day long. And I'd always been an Elvis fan, but I didn't know everything but they were saying oh well memphis is where you ought to be because every year they have like a dia de los muertos for the death of elvis on august 16th and this lady says oh there's this elvis impersonator contest and so the idea is i dared myself to go there you know if i made a fool of myself no one in la would see it because i've never (laughs) been to memphis and so i went there bravely uh, made a, made these great posters from the film Fun in Acapulco where Elvis is singing with a mariachi yes, band. Yes, yes. <laughs> I made these flyers that said, Elve- Elvis is Mexican. Elvez, the Mexican Elvis. And I handed out all the... There's this thing called the Candlelight Vigil that happens on the midnight of when Elvis died. And it's the streets of Memphis right leading up to the grave at Elvis's Graceland. And people with candles, and I'm handing out these flowers. I'm thinking maybe this isn't a good idea because everyone was serious. <laughs> but I had a big stack of flowers, and they were all gone in seconds. And that led the promo for me the next day to do my show. And it went over so well that it got written up in the LA Times that a new Mexican Elvis. And then I got asked to do a TV show with Colin Quinn. He had an NBC show called Two Hit for TV. And so after one show, I got an L.A. thing. And then before I'd even performed in L.A., I was asked to do national TV. And it was just a lucky fluke that was at the right place at the right time. Whoa. And, And did you have a band? No, that was it. I mean, when I did my first show, they had a band backing up because it was a whole impersonators contest. Sure. But at Grace Glen, they used to have all these really rinky-dink little homemade Elvis Presley gift shops. Later, Graceland bought them and sold them themselves. But they had all these homemade karaoke cassette tapes. And so I gathered a bunch of them 
and said, well, maybe I'll do this again when I get home. And so my first shows were playing with cassette tapes that had maybe sped up or I'd had my background singers sing louder. If the song said Suspicious Minds, I would have my girls say Immigration Time louder <laughs> to the tape. And we did a show at I opened for Bobcat Goldthwait at the Wiltern Theater with these horrible, crappy tapes. <laughs> you know, I, I knew about the tapes, but I, I wanted you to tell people. Crappy clubs, and then I go, here I am at the Wiltern Theater with a great sound system, and you go, <sighs> you hear these <laughs> terrible tapes, and it was very funny and homemade, and for a full year, I was just making it up as I go, and it was I was very lucky in the right time at the right place. Right, and and there was some uh, uh, sincere spirit about it, I think. Yeah, no, I was a fan. I mean, enthusiasm, yeah. my enthusiasm for that, and it was like I mean, it was campy but funny, and and what I learned from Tomato of enthusiasm. If you are excited to be on stage and performing this, I mean, it was a persona I took on. And it was mixing Mexican culture, which I am, and Elvis culture, which I love. And it was just, you know, I don't look like Elvis and necessarily sound like Elvis, but I can be Elvis too. So it was like a character who was proud of his roots and proud of his love for Elvis and let's go. You know, John Coltrane said, if you're sincere, you can play a shoestring. Yeah, no, I mean, charisma is enthusiasm personified. Yeah. And even if you're doing it wrong, if you're doing it with enthusiasm, and I mean, I think that's what makes good performers, Tomato, my example, is like, I'm doing this, sweating for you, and I want to be sweating for you. Work in the room. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, July 2, 2022, edition of Pete Orson, special guest Robert Lopez, old time for hour three. July 2, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. In the cathedral, going out of her head. In the cathedral, losing her mind. No one to charm her, no one to make her laugh. To hell with the faithful.
Thank you.
Tom takes a cigarette Puts it in your mouth You pull on your finger And another finger In your cigarette The water wall is calling It lingers Then you forget Ho, 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 ho You're the rock and roll suicide Shining brighter somewhere Got to be birds flying higher In a sky more blue If I could dream of a better land Where all my brothers walk hand in hand Tell me why, tell me why, tell me why Won't my dream come true Understanding sometimes strong words of courage that will blow away the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun, we'll host each other. Show start third hour off with Elvez's Mater Dolores, and uh, yeah, back to the screamers. Yes, I this right before COVID, I started uh, doing an Elvez, me as Elvez, but a tribute to the screamers. So sounding as much as we can, and we did a couple of shows. We opened for Rocket from the Crypt in San Diego, and but hopefully this September, if all goes well, my Elvez tribute to the Screamers show will be 
opening for the Avengers with Penelope Houston. Wow. A few Southern California shows this September, end of September. Now, are you going to be doing some Screamer songs? No, it's a whole Screamer show. Oh, all okay, Screamer okay, song okay. With the drum, drum machine, synthesizer, keyboard. So it's not not the Elvez band. It's a okay, special okay, yeah, but you're not going to do like as much as we can, like the Screamers and me too be tomato the best I can. Oh, so you're not going to be in the jumpsuit. You're going to have the Gary Panner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So the picture of the, the tomato with the mustache, yeah. with the Elvis mustache yeah. across love, it. Love me, you love a magazine. Yes. <laughs> He's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, we yeah. had Crane after that with Anthem Fame, uh, Muskeg Mudsuck, Got Me Wrong, Mini Beast, Neon Root, Fuck Money with Chirp, and finally Elvis, Rock and Roll Suicide Slash. If I can dream. So that's trippy, where you have the Elvis guy doing a David Bowie. Well, they both have the same birthday, January. 8th. Yeah, and and, and I and I seen him in a, a, a One Piece. I seen David. Yeah, Bowie no, yes, yeah. no. <laughs> They're very similar in their glamorous idea, jumpsuits or jumpsuits, and yeah, no, those two big pivotal ideas of what. Elvis is is Bowie and Elvis. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Elvis does make a switch from cassettes to a band. Yes, I I was playing. I did a show at the Pyramid Club in New York, New York City, right? New York City, little small trashy little stage. Oh yeah, and some promoters in. Denmark. No, not Denmark. Uh, uh, Roskilde is in... Denmark. Yes, Denmark. My mistake. And they said, could you do this with a real band? And I said, yes, sir. And so my first real band was playing at the Roskilde Festival. That's a huge festival. (laughs) And so they gave me 11 flights from Los Angeles. So I had a drum, bass. Uh, uh, one second. I'm on the phone with Mike Watt doing an interview. Can I call you back? Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I had four Elvets. Alice Bag came with me. We had a conga player, uh, Rami Jaffe from the Wallflowers, <laughs> later joined the Foo Fighters, was in the band, uh, a big band, and we played in between Patti Smith and Elvis Costello, Whoa. and we played in front of 10,000 yeah. folks, and that was my first Elvis first band show. Very lucky, and that is a big festival. It's a great festival that's coming, that's been around, I can't remember how many years, um, but that saw, was seen by so many promoters that would open the gateway for me to tour all over Europe because they saw this big production show and it was What's, a lucky thing. Was Alice me. in the band? Yes, I had four Elvis. Yeah, I think there's some videos on, uh, there's an Elvis YouTube site, but there's a lot of videos with Elvis in it. Okay, she, was she, one of the she moved to Mexico. Right? Luckily, I got to go to the Roskilde back in, in 90s, like 10 years later, and I got to open for David Bowie at the Roskilde on the main stage. And that was a Whoa. great honor because Bowie thanked me from on stage. And it was like, there you be. Wow. 
lucky I was. Yeah, absolutely. Those weren't they? Uh, Trailer Park Casanovas, you gave me this music. Yes. Now, uh, we had a great guitar player. His name was Paul Morris, who just died two years ago. You can go visit him at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, where a lot of my good friends are, sadly to say, but a great place. And there's a great tour guide named Chalky, who gives a tour of all the punk rock sites of um, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and Judy Garland, because Judy, it's a punk. Um, But anyways, (laughs) Paul Morris was a guitar player who played with the Memphis Mariachis for a little while, but he had another band called the Trailer Park Casanovas. And I joined them. At one point, around 96, I was so busy, I was on tour with Elvez, on tour with the Zeros, because we had gotten back together to do European tour, and on tour with Trailer Park Casanovas. We recorded about three different records, and I would jump off tour with the Zeros, meet Trailer Park Casanovas in Milan, Finished that tour, meet Elvez band, and back and forth. It was like, it was my very nice schizophrenic state. (laughs) Different costumes, suitcase for different costumes. It was a very procreative time and playing with so many bands. I enjoy the uh, parallel universes. Yes. yes. Well, let's listen to bad news.
everybody. We're the Little Richards. My name is Little Robert. Here's a song by Little Richard called Good Golly Miss Molly. Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Start off the chunk, trailer park cast, and nobody's doing bad news. Then Uzu from Fujita. A lot of eyes there. <laughs> we got 90, 10 of them, huh? And then um, Mountain Offensive with purple inter- interpolations. Hot hair metal version from Brother Phil up in the Mammoth. And finally, The Little Richards. Good golly, Miss Molly. The Little Richards. Enlighten us, Robert. I used to work at the Hyatt on Sunset in the early 80s. He lived upstairs, right? (laughs) He lived there for like two years. And I would talk to Little Richard every day because I was at room service uh, reception. So I would talk to him and he would call me Little Robert. And I talked to him every day. He'd come down sometimes. Hey, how you doing, Little Robert? And oh, we're having a photo shoot today in our studio. Can you send up two virgin pina coladas it was always great to talk to and always in a great mood so i'd always been a fan of him 
I had met this wonderful band called the Schizophonics in San, San Diego, Diego. Right. There, and we worked together on many different projects. And so the Little Richards was a Schizophonics project, and it was all San Diego-based lead singers. It was like an all-star group, so it was six lead singers. And the great thing about the Little Richards, it was like like round robin singing. So every song started with, "Hey everybody, we're the Little Richards. My name is Little." Robert, or whoever singing, here's a song by Little Richard named Good Golly Miss Molly. So it's like one singer after another. And we have choreographed dancing and guitars, three guitars, bass and drum, Diana Death was on keyboards, Letty from the Schizophonics on drums. And it was, I would say, the funnest band we were ever in. We formed, there's this great store called The Girl Can't Help It in San Diego. It's a vintage clothes store. And for their anniversary, we formed the band little richards all wearing polka dots two-tone shoes and choreographed guitar dance movements and it went over so well we got we played another show that night after our third show sympathy for the record industry said i will gladly put out your record by the seventh show we got offered a tour of italy and spain by our 15th show we were playing in zaragoza spain in front of a thousand people and it was just the funnest band the silliest band and the most energetic and with each band member it was like if you are not drenched by sweat by the end of the show each and every <laughs> one of us you have not earned your keep no. tonight and it was like we loved being the opening band because it was like okay try to follow that uh, yeah choke on the <laughs> dust on the smoke where, where yeah, can people that- find you on the internet uh, that I'm all over. I guess on the Little Richards, there's a bunch of footage. I mean, maybe it's connected, yeah. Because Pat Beers of the Schizophonics is such an energetic yeah. guitar player, and just is you have to meet his standard, which I gladly take to task. He's um, great. Is there an Elvez website? Uh, there's a Elvez.net is the website. Uh, Mr. Robert Lopez at Instagram has the best stuff because that's easier for me too but there's also a elvez youtube channel which has great videos from all the way back in the 80s it's really tons of stuff me on oprah on the tonight show on to tell the truth all these really funny oh, man that's good and the, your next project is going to be the screamer tribute the screamers i also have another project with the schizophonics it's called bobby and the pins uh, not as Whoa. good as Darby, but, yeah, <laughs> but close. It's all original songs, but it's got members of the Schizophonics, members of the Creepy Creeps, uh, members of the Mittens, and it's original tunes, and we really enjoy doing that. Well, man, have you, have you recorded stuff yet? We haven't. We're all in other bands, so it's like whose ever schedule can fit into what. So it's a Well, when you do, we guys all come on the show? Yes, please. We would do that. That would be beautiful. It's been righteous having you aboard. Thank you very much. I can't wait to see the Screamer thing. I'm going to come in September. I really enjoy it. It's really good. Come on out and see it, everybody. Okay, okay, okay. People, uh, and uh, big love, big love. People, it's been the July 2, 2022 Dishwap Pedo Show. Keep your powder dry.